0: It's crazy, but, like, I think the greatest lesson I have learned in a lot of things is it. Does, if I'm making 10 grand a year or I am on the set of Shark Tank, it does not matter for me. And it was not always that way. Now, though, it doesn't matter. It's like, it'd be, yeah, it's cool if it happens, but, like, I'm not, like, grasping at that that I have to have it happen because I've also not had that happen and realized, like, Oh that's not where I need to put my worth and my entire self-esteem as a woman
1: hey CEOs welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman show. I'm your host Christy Bowie and We are starting off this month by doing a little mini series that is going to be hyper-focused on taking care of your health as a business owner. Specifically, some of the things we're going to talk about this month are fitness, nutrition, cycle syncing, all of those things about taking care of your body that sometimes as CEOs we forget about as we are so focused on our business. So I am so excited to announce our guest today. We are talking with Ashley today. She is a fitness, nutrition, and holistic life coach to high performers. She spent over 15 years as a health and fitness expert and has been featured in many super awesome publications. She's also the founder of ABS, which is a nutrition product line that she built from scratch and turned into a nationally recognized Shark Take brand. And she's recently sold that business and is focusing on her true passion which is helping inspire and empower other high performers to become their strongest, fittest, and most empowered self. Ashley, I am so excited to have you here today.
0: Thank you. I'm super excited to be here and to talk all about this.
1: Yes. So I really just want you to start and tell our audience a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got where you are today.
0: Yeah. So I'll try and give you the reader's digest version. Um, I spent a lot of my life as a kid and a teenager, as an athlete, I was super active. Like, and I mean, honestly, like this is going to sound like every high performer and overachiever out there, like excelled in academics, like playing multiple sports and just like checking off all the boxes and everything in life. And then after college, like I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and like really where my passions were. And so I pursued the route of personal training when I was about 19 or 20, did that for a little bit, thought it was fun, but I grew up with a entrepreneur dad. So part of it, I was like, man, like this is fun and all, but like, I want to figure out like how I can still be my own boss and do this for myself so i started my own personal training business when i was 22 just doing independent sessions at people's homes and then right around like 24 25 i kind of got the pull to do something a lot bigger i wanted to find like personal training was great and i was helping people but i wanted to make a bigger impact and i wanted to push myself to like the next level i didn't want to just keep doing the same hourly sessions So I had an idea, food and nutrition is like my biggest love and passion, I love it. And I had an idea to take a protein pancake recipe that I had made to turn it into an actual product line to help people enjoy their favorite foods, um, while being able to hit their fitness goals, stick to natural nutrition. And when it first started out, I was just doing it with clients and selling it to them and they loved it. And then I just really felt in my gut. Like, I was like, I'm telling you, like I've got something here, like something's going to happen with this. And I mean, I had first dove in and just ran with it. Um, Long story short, like within like six months, like all kinds of magazines were picking up features about the product. I pitched it to Shark Tank, did a deal with Shark Tank, was doing HSN, iHeartRadio, like every, eat this, not that, everything was really taking off. And it did really good and it's still like a super successful product. And then about two, three years ago, around 2019, 2020, kind of felt like I had gotten everything I wanted out of that and just wanted to do something a little deeper with people. So I started, started the process of exiting that business and started the new business. I now have um, Phoenix Rising, which is all about nutrition, health and wellness, mindset coaching for other high performers to teach those tools and daily disciplinary habits. Not just that helped me build the business that I built, but also has helped me keep my grounding and sanity and mental and physical health throughout the process too, because especially like women who are high performers tend to struggle with things like burnout and like low energy and sleep issues and all of that. So that's where I am now. That's the very reader's digest version of the last 15 years.
1: Yeah. That's an amazing story and really so cool to hear how you did have this product that meant so much to you. And then you kind of let it run its course and you said, you know, no, this isn't my end goal. I mm-hmm. want to find something different. I think that's so special about entrepreneurship that you can say, Hey, my life is changing. My goals and values are changing. Now I'm going to change direction. then for you, you know, you actually had a company to sell at that point I mean, that's incredible. It's definitely a goal of mine in the future and hopefully a lot of our listeners. So super fantastic to hear. Um, but I do want to talk about a little bit, you know, you, you've noticed, you gave us a little insight to this specifically talking about high performers, you know, what Mm -hmm. are traits of these people and why is that someone who definitely needs a specified coach to help them with this kind of stuff?
0: Yeah, so high performers are very, I would say, 1% group of the population. They're the people who probably as a kid, they were always striving to excel in everything that they did. They wanted to be the best athlete, be the best in whatever their academic career was, be the best. I'm speaking specifically to women, so sister, friend, wife, whatever, um, which is super important the biggest thing with high performers and what I work on them with the most with women is like a lot of this is driven, we're going to just like kind of run with this. A lot of this is driven very much from, you know, we have our female energies and our masculine energy. So a lot of this is driven from a very masculine side of ourselves. And it comes a lot from one, like we're in a whole era in society right now of like, female empowerment, like more women are coming into leadership roles. And for a really long time, like us as women, we had to kind of shut off that like, feminine and go with the flow, like relaxed side of ourselves in order to be heard, to be listened to and to be taken seriously. So high performance with women are basically everything that I just listed, like they are super driven, ambitious, they want to make an impact. They want to do big things. They're very disciplined. Like, they're the people that you don't have to tell them to go do their work. Like, they're probably already doing too much. And they're the ones that you're like, no, 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 it's okay if you don't work for a day. So, it's important for high performers to have coaches. And I mean, I have my own coaches for specific reasons in that when you're always in high performance mode and you're always leading, driving, pushing, pursuing, striving you have to have a balance and a support system for yourself as well. Otherwise you end up burning out and you end up trying to carry everything without having any extra support for yourself. So it's like leaders also need leaders and people that they can kind of confide in. But the other important part of it too, is when you have a coach that is on the outside and I always call it a non biased perspective of what you're doing. If they're a good coach and they truly are uninterested in any particular outcome for you. They just want the best for you. They can also also help you identify a lot of things like maybe some limitations you're having, why you're kind of plateauing in your success or even in your fitness and wellness, because we have mental and emotional blocks. Like women, for example, can have fears around self-worth. Like maybe I'm not worthy for success or maybe I don't deserve to have these goals and dreams. And a lot of times the beliefs that we have deeper inside of ourselves show up as external blocks. So we burn out. We push ourselves really hard, but nothing is happening. So a coach is really important because they can help identify those things and help you work through them too on a deep lever level so that not just your career or business is taken off, but your whole life is in balance and really thriving in all the different areas.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and, you know, is very relatable to my story and probably a lot of my listeners' stories in that a lot of them have businesses because they were a high performer and some person, place, whatever that looked like, Mm -hmm. drove them to where they couldn't be there anymore. And it's so interesting that you mentioned kind of these metrics that we track high performers on. It's, you know, okay, is your academic, your athletic, all of that. But nowhere in there was anybody ever saying, How well are you doing taking care of yourself? Right. No one ever tracked me on that metric. So it wasn't something I was spending time and energy on because Mm -hmm. we were being evaluated on these factors of, you know, oh, your education, your grades, your athletic ability. And so a lot of high performers are probably driven to focus on those things and almost develop a level of like people pleasing tendencies Mm -hmm. to to fit those that give them and i i would be really curious if it's in not to like talk about personality types but like mm-hmm. the traditional like enneagram three type where you like find success like your worth in success yep i know that is like me to a t Yep. um but developing these like people pleasing tendencies to get that external validation yep. and that that makes so much sense when you have to have people looking out for those specific things because I have in two corporate careers just let myself try to be the best and try to do things. And you know what my reward was? More freaking work.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, and I mean, that's the biggest thing too, is like figuring out, like going back to that, like people get their worth from success. Mine was performance. When I was performing for people, I got validation and attention. So it felt like if I wasn't performing, then I wasn't loved and validated. And even with that, I mean, The short story back when I was like in my brand and like Shark Tank had just taken off and HSN was just taking off, everything went from being so fun and passion and inspiration driven to, I mean, anxiety, panic attacks, stress, constant like burnout because it was like every few months. it. Not to mention, I mean, my entire circle at the time was all men. I was answering to all men like business partners, manufacturers, fulfillment, customer service, everything. And so the constant evaluation being like, where are the numbers at? We got to increase those numbers. And I'm over here like drowning because I'm like, I can't keep going at this speed. But especially like whole other conversation about like our cycles and like some weeks, we just don't have the same energy. But like when you're trying to explain, like you're not sleeping and you've got insomnia and they're like, what's going on? Like, where are these reports? And you're like... You don't understand what's going on in my body and in my mind I'm unwell. <laughs> right. Like this is the equivalent if you had the flu. Like it's not I can't perform at my highest um but so a lot of times when I'm working with women and like we're going through everything from like their nutrition to like their mindset and their beliefs and they have those pre-built-in ideas of like I get my worth from performance or I get my worth from success. Sometimes we hop on calls and they're like, okay, it's January, 2023. Here's my goals. Here's what we're going to hit. And it'll be, of course, high performers. It's this long list of like over the top things that we just put so much pressure on ourselves that usually we have to talk. And I'm like, okay, look at your list again. Out of all of those, which one do you feel is like coming straight from you from like your heart? Like which one just brings you so much joy that even if you didn't hit that goal, it would just be fun to do. And normally they're like, what do you mean? It's a goal. It's not. What's that emotion? (laughs) Right. A goal isn't supposed to be fun. I'm like, right. But the problem is if you keep focusing on that end goal and that end result, you're always going to feel empty once you get to it. So you get to 100,000 and then you're like, well, now half a million. Well, now a million. Well, now 2 million. Gosh, you're calling me out, like redoing my goals every like two months. (laughs) I'm
1: like, oh, I'm on track for that. Like To me, it's like, if I'm on track, it's not far enough. (laughs)
0: right and then you hit it and then you still have that same feeling like you didn't do anything you're like oh i must aim higher i must keep going and it's like restructuring everything that there's nothing wrong with having these big goals and big dreams but if what you're being driven by is worth and validation and it's not fun at all then screw the goal and let's figure out a new one that is going to be fun for you to do, even if you don't get that outcome. And the irony behind that is when you go with that approach, it usually is easier and happens faster because you're not forcing and pushing. You're just leaning into that female energy, having fun, going with the flow. So it's super interesting to like watch people's processes in that.
1: Yeah, so really kind of changing the process of goal setting to be Mm -hmm. about what fulfills us and not like actually the self-worth determined from success of the goal. And particularly, you know, for me, it's been a lot more external validation of if I accomplish this, so-and-so is going to know this and they're going to congratulate me Mm -hmm. and it's going to look good from the outside. But thinking about, you know, okay, at the end of the day, why is that goal important to me? Like that is a huge
0: difference. Right. The heart. And I mean, you, life will teach you the lesson of your self-worth one way or the other. And like, I have, everybody learns it the hard way. So like, it either comes around either you got your entire self-love and validation from, let's say a spouse, a relationship. And then that relationship, you get dumped or it falls apart. And now you feel like you've lost love. Like now nobody loves you. You're alone. All those things. Life is always trying to set you up to teach you the truth and where your validation and love lies. So you'll learn it and then you'll forget it and then you'll do it again. So when it comes to business and business goals, it's usually why you see people's businesses go up and down sometimes in the lows are when we feel the worst about ourselves because so much of what we think makes us valuable is reflected on our P&L and income reports at the end of the year. So it's like we have a bad year. That whole year, we just are like crying every day. We feel worthless. Like we feel like we are just total failures in life. And then the next year it goes back up and now we're great. And then eventually you have to stop and ask yourself like, am I really going to let this number? And I do the same thing with like women's weight. Like, are you really going to let the number on a stupid piece of machine dictate how you feel and like how you're going to act that day? It's the same thing we do with every single thing. Like, So whether you're making $100,000 or you're making $100, it should not. And it does. But when you do the work on yourself, it should not change how the rest of your day goes because that number has nothing to do with your validation. And in fact, the more self-worth you have, you tend to have those numbers stay pretty steady and reflect that as well. So, and I mean, all this is mindset stuff. Like as soon as we start to like think we're not good enough, we're not worthy. We don't have what it takes. We start doubting ourselves. You tend to watch the trend go downwards because it's reflecting that inner value system. So, I mean, it's crazy, but, like, I think the greatest lesson I have learned in a lot of things is it. Does, if I'm making 10 grand a year or I am on the set of Shark Tank, it does not matter for me. And it was not always that way. Now, though, it doesn't matter. It's like, it be yeah, it's cool if it happens, but, like, I'm not, like, grasping at that that I have to have it happen because I've also not had that happen and realized, like, oh, that's not where I need to put my worth and my entire self-esteem as a woman.
1: Yeah, I think that's super important. Just a reminder of like, okay, your worth and validation is not tied up in your success, especially hard for people who are in this growing and scaling stage of a business mm-hmm. where you are like, this is literally all I do. So how does this not determine my worth? <laughs> like that's right. the thing that is incredibly hard. And even... I don't know, for me, it's been very important to find people outside of that circle because it is so easy to just get ingrained in it. And like you said, you know, the aspects of business do have a lot of masculine energy that we kind of have to shift and say, I'm going to operate like this, because this is the way the male society years and years ago determined that, you know, the workday is eight to five. And for me, literally when I started my own business and I started my morning with a walk or I would start, I would answer some emails. Then I would go on a walk. If it was like 9am or it was 10am and I was on that walk and I looked at my phone and I was like, I should be working. This is wrong. Like something is wrong. But my body loved doing that. And so I don't know. It's just very interesting discovering all of that.
0: Oh, I used to feel guilty for a long time because when I first like got into entrepreneurship, same thing. Like I, my mornings I need them to myself in order to function Mm -hmm. the best throughout the day. I would feel like I was doing business wrong. If I only worked three or four hours, I was getting so much done, but I was like starting my day like around like 12 and ending around like four ish because that's when I was like most productive and I would walk away and I'm like, I hear all these stories about people working like 80 hours a week. Like I've got to be doing something wrong. And I, and then I would like find myself like trying to create work that wasn't even necessary because I was like, it can't be this easy. I got to be doing it wrong. <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I did the exact same thing.
1: Yeah. And it's so interesting that even you mentioned that like we feel like we need to create more. I find myself doing that all the time. I'm like, well, it's between the hours of the workday. So I'm going to sit at my desk. I might as well go do something else because my brain is not working at that point. Right, But it's just super interesting to hear that that's a very normal reaction to all of this.
0: Oh my gosh, the amount of time, like I think everybody, especially in the beginning, feels like they're doing it wrong. This can't be right. No (laughs) way is this like, like this, there's so no stress so that it should be this way. I read this book. They do the 5am like work week and I'm not feeling 5am. I am might like,
1: you never feel 5am.
0: <laughs> no. I mean, I like, I mean, I'm an early bird, but six to like eight 30, I'm usually having coffee with my dog, relaxing, like stretching. Like, what do I want to do today? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, I, I feel like you just got to trust your own path. Like, Trust what feels right to you. Don't feel like because one person is working 10 hour days and it's only taking you three that you're doing something wrong. Trust that you are doing enough.
1: Yeah, that's so good to hear. And I want to transition a little bit into talking about nutrition and really Mm -hmm. taking care of ourselves as a business owner, particularly for people who are on the go or running, you know, 24 seven, what are some things we should be thinking about our nutrition and why does it matter? Particularly, why is it going to stop us if we do not?
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, nutrition has two components to it for women, not only like from a day to day functional perspective, but also like we were talking about prior to this, cycling too makes a huge difference. So, nutrition for women, the biggest struggle I see women with is undereating all the time. I don't see too many high performers overeating just because you already have like a perfectionist mindset. So I highly doubt you being a perfectionist that you're working super hard and are super focused and driven in your business. But when it comes to your nutrition, you're like binge eating all day long. Like those, that just doesn't usually happen. Not saying it can't, but I have never met a high performer that is like, in that extreme in another area of their life. So usually what I have with women is they are under consuming the right foods of protein and complex carbohydrates. And instead, because they will experience energy crashes throughout the day, they are fueling their body with more caffeine, which then ends up screwing up their sleep and the rest of their REM cycle, or they're fueling it with things like quick sugar fixes, uh, the processed carbohydrates just to get that rushed.
1: I feel like you can see the coffee and granola bars on my (laughs) desk right now. I'm
0: like, like, I have to
1: grab this before I get on the call. Like, Just got to keep moving.
0: Well, so the way our bodies naturally work is to structure your nutrition. You always want to front load your carbs and your calories in the beginning of the day. The reason being is because cortisol is highest from when you first wake up. Till about one o'clock in the afternoon. Most people don't know your cortisol spikes really fast in the morning. That's literally what wakes you up in the morning is that high cortisol. High performance people already have elevated levels of cortisol just because you're constantly going and under stress. So when you're consuming your nutrition, start the day high protein, high complex carbohydrates. So complex carbohydrates are going to be things like Oats, quinoa, uh sweet potato, brown rice, whole wheat, like ezekiel type breads, things like that, and then like good proteins, eggs, egg whites, chicken breast, um, white fish, whatever. As the day goes on, what your granola bar and your coffee around two ish our natural diurnal rhythm is cortisol will start to taper off, which is why you feel a little bit of like that sluggish energy in the afternoon the best thing you can give your body at that time is protein and fat. The reason being is because since your cortisol drops off, you don't need as much carbohydrate because it's lower. The protein and the fat will not only give you the energy, but it won't spike your blood sugar. So you don't have any more crashes. So I always tell people like in the think of like first half of the day, focus on protein and carbs, second half of the day, focus on protein and fats, and you're going to have consistent energy throughout the day. The other part, the second part of that, that I was talking about with women, with our cycles, I was actually telling somebody this yesterday and she was like, oh, so I'm not crazy. That makes so much sense. I'm like, it happens to all of us the week before your cycle, when most women experience PMS the biggest thing when a lot of women experience it, when they're just feeling like fatigued or they're doing like their works and their workout. And you're like, God, like, I just do not have the energy today. I know I'm stronger than this, but I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Why does five pounds feel like 50 (laughs) pounds? Like I'm so, so the actual reason behind that is because the week before our cycle, your progesterone spikes, your progesterone, like this is fascinating to me for women, but why it's so important for you to know this when your hormones spike like that, It is doing it because it thinks it's preparing for a pregnancy. So it will literally suppress your ability to access carbohydrates during that time, which is why you feel so exhausted. Because even though you're eating normally, your body can't access any of that food.
1: Oh, it's like reserving it.
0: Literally, like that's the science behind it. It's reserving it because it thinks, hey, if we get pregnant, we're going to need this extra food, right? So when you're everything feels heavy, you feel tired, you can't think your brain feels fuzzy. It's as if you are getting like half of the carbohydrates that you normally get. So that week before, when you're extra tired, and you feel that sluggishness, if you'll eat like an extra 150 ish to 200 calories of carbo- carbohydrates and protein. You won't have any of those effects. It'll just give you the, and you're not, don't worry. You're not going to put on weight because your body also, your metabolism speeds up that week before too. So it will compensate for that. But that's the other important thing is so a lot of women that week before they're like, I can't work. I can't get the motivation to hit any of my goals. A lot of it is nutrition based. Your body can't access the carbs and protein sources. So you have to make sure you're fueling your body to support that. And it's going to help with all of the other mental and mood swing stuff that we experience too. But to bring all this full circle, if you don't do that, your body will get to a place of being so burned out, which is what a lot of women experience is burnout that it cannot produce. You have DHEA. DHEA is on top of our adrenal glands. DHEA is the precursor for all of our hormones. When you don't have enough food and nutrition, those levels will keep going down and your body literally cannot produce the hormones, the serotonin, the dopamine, all the good stuff to keep you going. So like tempor- it never happens like overnight. that's what I try and tell women. Like you might feel great right now. Cause it's only been like a week. If you keep at this pace though, six months from now, you're going to be calling me being like, Ashley, I can't get out of bed. I don't know what happened. I'm not yeah. driven anymore. I'm like, I bought- did that for four
1: years and yeah. I could not get out of bed like we are still working to undo that because yeah. when I say nothing woke me up, I would open my eyes and be like, I slept for five minutes and I slept for 12 hours. But like my body did not know how to tell me like, yeah, it's time to get up because it couldn't.
0: <laughs> right. You, your body, it's not like it can just all of a sudden six years or six months of not having food, like make up for that. Your body is very intuitive and smart. And if you are burning it out, it will force you to just rest and shut down. So it's super important. I mean, not just from like for you to be able to hit your business goals or career goals, but it's important for your overall health.
1: Yeah. And if you don't take care of your health, then you never will meet those business goals. Like I said, if yeah. you can't get out of bed, you can't serve your clients. So right. for me, it, it doesn't work.
0: Well, then none of that matters. Like you're doing Mm -hmm. all that. It's like, yeah, but you can't get out of bed. So who cares if you're hitting these goals? Right. Exactly.
1: So I'm very interested if you kind of know the background of this, it's very intriguing to me that you say, you know, we should eat the most in the morning Mm -hmm. and then kind of taper off throughout the day because it almost seems like society isn't set up like that. Like breakfast is the meal that people are like, oh, I'll eat something in the car on the way to work. And then dinner is like, we eat a ton. Where did that come from?
0: I think a lot of it is we live, the American society and our culture, we live in a very fast paced culture. So people are like under sleeping. So they like push the alarm clock to like the last few minutes. It's like, I don't care about breakfast. I'll just grab coffee. Coffee Mm -hmm. will give me energy. And they just go, 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 go until the end of the day when they finally get home. And they're like, all right, let me eat all of my calories in one meal. And then it'll be fine. Part of the problem is too, like it's being present and mindful throughout your day. Like it is so, and I know this is counterintuitive, but like, if there's one thing that I have learned, pushing and forcing and rushing and being busy, busy is not going to get you faster to where you want to be. than if you are present hundred percent to each thing that you're doing, when you're eating, just eat don't be eating and on your computer and writing things down and on your phone. When you're on a call, just be on a call. Don't also be doing other things, but like it's this constant rushing and fear of missing out. And then people end the day feeling exhausted that they're not even like being aware that the food that they're eating is just like repeating the same pattern and habit every single day. But yeah, like you should be eating within 30 minutes of waking up, something complex carbs, protein, and fats, because it's going to bring that stress hormone, that cortisol back into a natural balance so that the whole day, you're not just in this like high stress state. So that's why a lot of people get anxiety so easily. That's why they feel stressed out like the day hasn't even started. It's because you didn't do anything to bring those cortisol levels back down.
1: Yeah, that's super interesting to see. This is all based in the things we eat. And Mm -hmm. as a society, We have unfortunately decided that convenience is more important than nutrition. And that's kind of a shame that like, that's the way we, that's the way I grew up. I was never, you know, we all probably were taught that. And that's very interesting to know. I did note there was a time in my life when just the way my schedule worked, I would I was a fitness instructor for a little bit. So I would teach, I would have a really hard workout in the morning. So I had to eat a ton after that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I would literally just like crash. So yeah. just by nature of my schedule, I was eating a ton in the morning. And then at the end of the day, I was like, you know, really like all I want is a smoothie. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go. And I felt so good. And people were right. like, Christy, I don't understand. Like you're not eating dinner. You like, people were like, Oh, you're not eating. I'm like, no, no, this is what my body wants. Like I, yeah, eat so much. I would have like, two oatmeal packets and a protein like so much in the morning
0: yeah but it
1: was it was great for my body and it's interesting that I feel like the way society was kind of brought me away from that because it's like then my friends want to go out for a dinner and I'm like okay well I'm not going to eat a ton during the day because I want to be hungry at dinner and it's just it's interesting to navigate that in social settings
0: oh yeah it I mean Gosh, like that is a whole thing. Like it's hard for women to like, because then we get into, especially if you're depending on your business model or structure, like you got to go to networking events and happy hours and dinners and do all these things. And you're like trying to figure out like, how do I eat healthy and manage my day and stay nutritious Um, be a present at all the events I need to, and not look like I'm not eating. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, the best thing with that is just to stick within, like, I always, you're going to do really well. if like the only thing you remember is that every single meal, biggest portion of your meal is protein. Second is going to be your carbohydrates. Third is going to be your fats. It doesn't mess. So you don't need to like save your calories. You don't need to skip meals because your body will tell you if you eat regularly and then you're like, Oh, I have a dinner tonight. You'll go to dinner order whatever you want to order and then eat until your body's like, no, I think that's enough. Like you don't need to like, all right, a thousand calories later. So let me figure out like the rest of it. And I know a lot of people do that. Um, Also for people who are big into like drinking and happy hours, if you're like, well, how do I like incorporate like my happy hour drinks into my nutrition? Easiest thing to remember is alcohol is carbohydrates. So if you're going to drink wine or liquor or whatever, Count that as your carbohydrates for your meal and then just order protein and something like a fatty salmon and vegetables, steak and vegetables, or a salad or something like that.
1: Okay. That's really, really Mm -hmm. interesting to know. It was never something that, that I knew that you have to, you know, I guess so, so alcohol Mm -hmm. and then balance with a uh, protein.
0: Protein and fat. Yeah. So alcohol is metabolized in the body as sugar and carbohydrates. So if you're going to consume alcohol, you always have protein with it because it'll keep you from getting like the shakes. If you've ever had the shakes Mm -hmm. from like your blood sugar dips. Yeah, so you always want to have a good portion of protein with it and like really good fats. So olive oil, butters, fatty fish, things like that. But the carbohydrates you won't need because your alcohol will make up for it.
1: Perfect. Well, that's so interesting to hear, Ashley. We are running out of time for today, but <laughs> I so appreciate. I could have this conversation forever, mostly like taking notes for me, Christy. Do
0: you know? um, <laughs> tell, tell me again, but, what do I do?
1: Yeah, yeah. I have per, personal, personal diet plan. What do I need? What do I yeah. need? Yeah. Um, but hard-boiled eggs—that's my go-to. I, I love. It's been boiled my eggs. protein source. I will literally yes. like cook a whole pack and it's gone way sooner than I care to admit. But it makes it easy for me because sometimes I think we've been taught that like protein sources are like a meat that you have to like sit down Mm -hmm. and cook. And we see those as like maybe lunch and dinner things, but being able to be like, well, this could be a breakfast or this could be a snack on the go. Yeah. It's like changed the game for me.
0: Good. Yeah. Hard two hard boiled eggs is 14 grams protein. So, and it's got good fat. So you're good to go.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for being here. I do want to give you a chance. If our listeners want to find you or work with you or learn more about you, where can they find you?
0: Yeah. So my website is just my name. It's AshleyDrummonds.com, And then my Instagram is also just my name at Ashley Drummonds, And then my podcast is called Phoenix Rising with Ashley Drummonds.
1: Perfect. So just remember your name and you'll be good. (laughs) And all of those will be linked uh, in the show notes below. So if you guys are listening for that, totally find it. And if you have enjoyed our episode, go ahead, take a screenshot of listening to the episode, tag me and Ashley so that we can both see that you are loving it and feel free to leave us any feedback and the review comments. So thank you so much CEOs for listening and we'll see you next week.